0: You wanna walk in my shoes, you better pay attention, so go head down low, strap your headphones and listen when you're not making moves, you're out of mind and out of sight. But when you saw it making noise, you better get your mind right. Get your mind right, 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 get your mind right. What's up everyone and welcome to episode number four of the Bars and Beats podcast. I am going to keep the intro very brief today because we have a great fun episode for you. Today I am sitting down with Henry Peralta of the band Blue Monday. They are an 80s cover band and as you will hear from the conversation they are starting to incorporate some some great 90s music um man if you've never seen them perform live they are an incredible band very fun very entertaining he is the bass player and also one of the vocalists so um and fun fact he's actually i guess you can say my brother-in-law because he's my wife's brother-in-law so uh cool thing man you know we're, we're like family already and i felt like his passion for music And his passion for fitness and health made him a great uh, person to sit down and talk to just to get uh, some background on not only performing, um, how long he's been into music and what got him into uh, music and, and most importantly got him performing with Blue Monday, but also how he's able to maintain that discipline and a great physique and healthy lifestyle while performing and playing on the road and everything. So without further ado, enjoy episode number four. Thank you. What do y'all have going on this weekend? Any shows? Anything?
1: Now we've we've taken uh like about three weekends off. Everybody took vacations, and we're actually learning. Um, we're adding like a '90s set okay. on to the '80s, so we're learning a bunch of songs. So right now we're going four songs at a time. So um, our next show is going to be Saturday at the Tin Roof, in, okay. uh, in this, Charlotte at the Epicenter. What? What's the date? Next Saturday. It'd be um,
0: next Saturday. That's the seventh.
1: Yes, the seventh. Yep.
0: Okay, that's cool, man. Yeah. So, we, we all have that 90 set incorporated no, by that time? No, not yet. Not yet. Okay. We're,
1: we're all, we're just, we just now got all the four songs that we're doing. So we're, okay. So, like I said, we're, we're we're doing a new thing called Blue Monday uh, Reinvented. So, what we're going to do, we're going to have like a 80 set and then do like a costume change and do, do like a 90 set. Oh, nice. nice. So, we're just changing it up. No, because, that's cool, man. Yeah.
0: yeah so. no, that's real cool. Uh, yeah. So now you come from a musical family, right? Yes, all right. correct. T- tell yeah. a little bit about that.
1: Well, I got three brothers. They started playing music when they were at a very young age. They were, you know, all into rock. So they actually played in a band called Peralta, which is our last name. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, my mom and dad was trying to keep me away from it, but it was, you know, they couldn't keep me away from it at all. So I loved it. So when I was in the fourth grade, I actually went to go see my brother's play, and I was like, that's what I want to do. So at the age of 12, I picked up a guitar, and I just started playing hours and hours on end. I just didn't care about having friends. I didn't care about anything. I just wanted to play music regardless. So by the time I got to the age of 14, I was actually playing in front of crowds. You know, I was hundreds of people, and it was like nothing. So the way I got over, I guess, how— People get scared or nervous in front of people. I stage would, fright, right? So yeah. I would go upstairs, put on my stage clothes in my old house, and pretend I would play in front of thousands of people. <laughs> That's how I got over not being nervous or any having any type of stage fright in yeah. front of
0: people. That's cool because I would kind of do the same thing with um, because I my sister is six years older than me, and mm-hmm. then so but it's just the two of us, right. and all my friends didn't they live like too far away to say I can go down the block and play mm-hmm. with my friends. So I used performing or playing like I was performing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like playing the music in the background and then have a remote. Yep. Like I would do that same thing. And then it's like a natural progression to get to when you are in front of a crowd and everything, yeah. it's almost like you belong there. But right. it's like, I've really been practicing yes. by myself. Absolutely. You know, and didn't even know it. That's cool, man. So um, now you start off with guitar, but you mm-hmm. primarily play bass now. Yeah. Right. All right. So what what got you into that transition?
1: Um, I started with the guitar, and then I think when I hit fifth grade, I saw Steve Perry sing on the Johnny Carson show, showing my age here. And I fell in love with his voice, and so it happened my brothers happened to have the Escape album, and I grabbed it, and I started singing. I, I literally mimicked him note for note. So... That started and everything, you know, my brothers went on the road and um, they would take me on the road um, when I was in high school. Okay. I didn't like school, I hated it. So in order to keep my grades up, they said, Hey, you do good grades for your summer vacation, you will come on the road with us. So, okay, that was a good deal. I got good grades. Summertime come, okay, I got good grades, so take me on the road. So at the age of let's see fifteen, I was on the road.
0: Oh man, no touring. Now when you say touring, what style were it, was, it was all
1: um, it was all rock, okay, like top forty rock, gotcha. hair band type stuff. Okay, so people didn't know how old I was because I looked kind of like my brothers, so they would put me on stage and I would play. People thought I was, you know, I was playing guitar, singing. Nobody could tell the difference. I mean, I'm sitting here, a young person getting these bars. I'm not even supposed to be getting these bars, but yeah. I'm playing, right? So, um, so the the final time I went on the road with him, I was sixteen. They disbanded the band. We came back home to say, we're going to do an original rock band. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Me fronting the band as a lead singer. I got two brothers that play guitar, one play bass. We did this for a while, and we actually did really well. Um, We were in Kerrang! Magazine, RIP Magazine. We did uh, three showcases, two at the South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. We actually had an offer the second time. The minute the offer was put to our manager... They said, "No, we're not going to do it anymore." That's when grunge came in, and then that was the end of us. Uh, That was the end of the whole hair band. It was, it was done.
0: So it was like that transition
1: period, yeah. So then my brothers came up with this idea and said, "Listen, we have a Latin background. Let's do Latin music." I wasn't really into it because I'm more of a rock Mm -hmm. '80s. So I said, "Okay, I'll go along with it." So at that time, I was actually playing congas and timbales. Okay, I just learned off the. Off the whim, I wasn't very good, but I was good enough to get by. So we kept playing, kept playing. Um, We started changing the dynamics of the band. We actually got dancers and backup singers and everything. And um, and my ex-wife actually joined the band also as as a a singer. Well, the direction of the band was going to a, a different way that my one brother that was playing bass, he didn't like the direction it was going, but we were having great success at it. We were playing at Disney, playing festivals. Wow. I mean, it was it was amazing how things were going. So he decides, he's like, I don't want to do this. So at the time all this went down, I was realizing that he didn't really <coughs> want to play with the band anymore. And I was like, well, nobody here around Charlotte area is going to want to do Latin music because yeah. it just wasn't a thing. And nobody here is going to want to play our original music. So I said, you know what? I'm going to learn all this original music. I'm going to take his bass. For one week straight, eight hours a day, I learned all this original music and all the covers that we did. So we did a final gig with him. He actually walked out on us. I picked up his bass. Like, he never left, and that was the first day I started playing bass.
0: Oh, that's awesome, And so it was
1: a blessing that he did that because it gave me a job. Yeah. So now, then I just started playing bass, and it was, it, it wasn't, as easy to me as it was guitar because it's so much, it's so different because mm-hmm. the bass plays with the drums and there's so many things that you do yeah. that's different from guitar. So I just started getting more, better and better and started learning more things. And it, playing the Latin music actually improved my way of playing with a drummer. Yeah. It just, it did so much because it's so much with the beat.
0: That's awesome. So what mm-hmm. what, what year would you say, roughly, Ooh. are we going?
1: Oh, gosh, maybe... 15 years ago, maybe.
0: Oh, man. Dang. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. That, that's crazy, though, man. You were able to just, uh, I mean, me knowing you, that don't, that don't surprise me. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you were just able to pick up within the week and then yeah. pretty much make that be your staple of what it is yeah. that you do now, like, that's crazy. It's kind
1: of like I was thrown into it. It's yeah. not like I wanted to play bass, but I had to because nobody was going to do it. Yeah. It's just, I, nobody was going to play no, around.
0: I it. love the bass, man. It's yeah, that I rhythm, do too. Man. I love I it just, now. I love it.
1: And it, you know, and it just gave me the, now is giving me opportunity to open doors because everybody wants to play guitar or sing. Yeah. Nobody wants to play bass. Yeah. Well, guess what? I can play bass. I can play with anybody now.
2: Yeah,
0: and sing. And so, sing. Yeah, that helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now when you... All right, so the, the band is banded.
1: Right. So then I joined a hair band called okay. Rockstar.
0: Yep, which is when we met. Well, we yesterday. met a hair okay. rocker, yeah.
1: So they were a hair band. They'd never seen anything like me. And I... Chose to okay, I don't want to because I was the lead singer of the band for 25 years, mm-hmm. and it's it honestly, I'm sure singers know this when, when you're a lead singer, it's a lot of work. You have to take care of your voice, yeah. You gotta, you know, you gotta, it's you know, because your voice you can't replace it like strings, so you gotta really take care of it. You gotta, you know, take care of it like a baby. I got tired of being the front person, I was like, you know what, I just want to sit in the background, bang my head, let somebody else take it. Well, when they joined the rock star band, they had a great singer. The band was already put together well. It was all hair music. It was exactly what I wanted to do. And um, so I got in there and I kind of said, hey, I don't want to sing or nothing, but they knew I could sing. I was like, I don't really want to sing. I just want to sit in the background. Just let me bang my head. That's yeah. all I want to do. Played a couple of gigs. No, you know, you got to sing. You got to do this. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll sing a couple of songs. And the next thing you know it, I was singing half the night. And then they are like, well, we know you can play guitar. And, you know, and, and I haven't really touched a guitar in a while, but it's, You know, this is my first instrument. It's like, okay, I'll play guitar. So then we incorporated all this stuff with me playing guitar and and the bass and lead singing, and I so in the backup singing all night long. Well, the lead singer of that band, he kind of lost his voice. You know, just you know, just uh, didn't take care of his voice. Mm -hmm. So the band started to pretty much disband. It just, it's a shame because I know what it's like to to lose your voice because I've lost my voice before also. Yeah. So I was like, you know, at one time I was like, you know, God, I know you're not going to let me go down this way. I I need something. Just give me something. Mm -hmm. Maybe a few weeks after that prayer, my brother Steve, which is good friends with the keyboard player of the band I'm in now, which is Blue Monday. okay, said, hey, look, we had a falling out with our bass player. Don't tell nobody. Do you know anybody? He goes, I got the perfect guy for you. So he calls me up. Tells me what's going on. I called the keyboard player up. We talked for about an hour and a half. It's like I it's like I knew this guy. And so they gave me like this list of like 85 songs to learn. And say, okay, we'll we give you a month. You know, don't worry about it. No pressure. I was like, okay. And most of the songs I didn't know. Yeah. And then two days later, hey, by the way, we're doing a festival. Can you play the Saturday at Myrtle Beach?
0: Nah, no pressure. <laughs> and no I was pressure. like,
1: okay. <laughs> so then they gave me all these songs and I don't know how to read music. I don't know notes. Yeah, everything I do is by ear. Mm-hmm. And so he sends me this list with all these notes on how the song started. I'm like, what is this? This is like foreign to me. I call him up and say, listen, um, I don't know notes. And he goes, what do you mean you don't know notes? I said, I don't know notes. I said, you're sending me stuff I don't even know what you're doing because some of the songs that they play are tuned differently mm-hmm. to to accommodate the lead singer's voice. Gotcha. So I ended up figuring it out. Okay, this is what this is. This is what this is. Okay, I know the songs, so I ended up learning a whole set for this uh, festival. Mm-hmm. You know, they're sitting there looking at me when I show up to their house, like all nervous, looking at me like, "I, you know, is this guy gonna be a pull it through?" Yeah. Practice for three hours. I knew every single song. Nice. It was not even an issue. So, and because I was so used to playing festivals with the Peralta band when we were Latin, playing in front of. Thousands of people is nothing. Right. I and mean, one time we played, they said it was an estimated 125,000 people. And it, and it literally looked like ants when we played at this festival. It's crazy. And That's the dream. I mean, that, to me, that was, you know, I wasn't nervous. I mean, you know, it was just something I've always wanted to do. And, you know, and we've played in front of thousands of people. It was just, I wasn't, you know, it was normal to me. So we did this festival. These guys didn't know anything about me. So I come in there going guns a blazing, <laughs> moving around like crazy, banging my head, running around. They're like, "What is going on with this guy?" And I was like, "This is, you know, this is me. This is this is what you got." Yeah. So things turn out really well. The, the dynamics of the band changed. Like you know, the the there's more happiness in this band. You know, the, I was actually. Probably the last piece that they needed. Like, I needed them, and I was just the last little missing piece because the band has been successful for many years.
0: Now, how long have they been around? 23
1: years.
2: Oh, wow. And they started in New York,
1: come to Charlotte, became hugely, widely successful in the Lake Norman area and everything. was huge. And I actually saw them play a couple of times. I was like, wow, this band is really good. But I always thought, you know, something's kind of missing, well, you know, I'm just a fan, so my opinion didn't matter, and you know, whatever. And it's funny—the last time I saw them play, my wife and I went to go see them play at Fitzgerald here in Charlotte. It was like an '80s night, mm-hmm. and well, the thought that came in my head, I was like, "It'd be great if I could be their bass player." Yeah. And it, high ironic, many months later, I'm their bass player.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's amazing how things just mm-hmm. always come around full circle, you yeah. know, and and especially especially when you have a negative experience. Mm -hmm. You think it's the end of the world sometimes, but Mm -hmm. it's really a setup for something
1: bigger a lot of times. And just, I mean, playing bass, it was a setup. I never wanted to play bass. I would have never even thought in the world to play bass. Yeah. I was either a guitar player or a front person. It's either or. And the band band I'm in now, I mean, the female lead singer is ridiculously amazing. The band is amazing. There's no egos. They've been around. You know, the keyboard players had a record deal before... I had an independent record deal, and they've been around so long it's just the chemistry in the band is just second to none mm-hmm. and we just do our thing, you know, and the band is is amazing. I'm so blessed and happy that they accepted me because I you know I'm pretty much of was an outsider. they didn't know anything about me they they had probably could have had anybody to play bass, yeah, but they chose me, yeah, and I've been with them seven years now, and the band has gained even more popularity. Now, because the the energy of the group is amazing, and now yeah. that we're doing this big change, um, it's I believe it's going to be good because we're, not only do we have an older crowd, but we ha- we're having a statistically a big amount of young people that watch us play now. Yeah, and and, and that's why we're doing the '90s set now, and because when we do the '90s mix in with the '80s, they go nuts.
0: That's awesome, man, and yeah. and I can definitely say for anyone who hasn't who haven't been out yet, like y- y- you guys put on a Amazing show! So, thank you, like, thank and I, you, yeah. you know, and I already knew your style from the start, and I feel like it's just a perfect transition
2: mm-hmm.
0: and complement yeah. to what they already like. I didn't see them prior to you going and and becoming a member, but mm. you being there like it's like a perfect marriage yeah, between everybody. Everybody just seems like you're they're in sync with one another, and then of course the performance and the showmanship is is yeah. incredible. So I'm excited to see yeah. the '90s twist. Yeah,
1: to I it. am too. Like I said, we're doing a costume change, so we're gonna have an '80s. We're going to bump up the 80s look to be more 80s, which, which I'm believing so is going to be more choreography. It's more to be more colorful, you know. The 90s, we're probably going to rock it up a little bit more because, you know, it was more grunge back then yeah. too. But also, you know, you still have the dance stuff back then mm-hmm. you know, in the 90s. So we're going to mix all that together. You know, it's just, I've been blessed that this band has allowed me to be me because in prior bands, I was always kind of like, told what to do. And, yeah. and I, I was just like, you know, that's just not me. And I was, there was always a battle. And now I actually have the freedom to be who I am. They give me that opportunity yeah. to be who I am, which is great. Yeah. You know? No,
0: that's awesome, man. So one, another thing kind of shifting gears for a, a moment. Um, one thing I thought it was cool too, because I know something else that we share in common is our love for fitness. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's really cool with you because you still stay, you have probably some of the, the most disciplined, of anybody that <laughs> yeah. I know. So I think it's cool to, to kind of, what keeps you motivated playing a bunch of shows, traveling, you know, late nights and you're still able to keep, you know, your nutrition and everything intact and, and that type of deal. Like what, what keeps you grounded with that from that standpoint?
1: Well, number one, I mean, obviously God, I always put God in the center of everything. Mm-hmm. Like when I was younger, I did party a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was wild. It, it And, you know, and a lot of times I think, man, I cannot believe I'm alive to this day. But, you know, changing my faith and and, and becoming born again and accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, things started changing for me. So I was like, OK, I, I, I got to stay as fit and as young as possible, you know, as long as I can. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, plus God gave me this body of mine. So I was like, I'm not going to sit here and put it to waste. I'm not going to do that. So. I am pretty disciplined with it. And it's, it's kind of, um,
0: yeah, it was, it's, it's like a part like, of your nature now. Yes, I mean, yes. it's it's, it's mm-hmm. in you, it's who you
1: yes. are. And if yeah. I don't do it, I feel bad. Yeah. So, it, I, you know, plus, I mean, not, you know, like my day job, I work with kids mm-hmm. and I've been doing that 15 years. So I got to have energy for that. Yeah. You know, kids ages one after five, uh, playing in the band, the energy that exhumes out of me when I play, because it's just what I feel. If I didn't have that fitness, I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd be dropped dead. Yeah. You know. I don't party anymore. I don't really drink.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: if, if I do drink, it's like a shot before we play because that's yeah. just what we always do. Um, I try to eat as healthy as possible because I remember not eating healthy and I felt bad. So now that I'm older, I, you know, I want to take care of myself. You know, I have a young wife. I got to keep mm-hmm. up with her. And you know, I just want to keep up with everything. You know, and, you know I want to wake up in the morning and feel great. Yeah. Not like I used to where I was like, oh, I feel so bad and, and sluggish.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we now I, I'm probably dissecting it a little more than than a normal interview would be for mm-hmm. you, but because I since I am a trainer, right, I, I take that part very, you know, seriously. So the the nutrition part, you know, let's, let's let's dissect that for a second because take us through like a typical day of a show because of what that's what, the key why I think that's important is because you have a lot of people whether you you know, uh, a studio guy, a DJ mm-hmm. like myself, a uh, uh, in a band or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, they have a lot of temptations when it comes mm-hmm. to food. And especially if you are in certain venues where they serve food and yeah. things like that. So what does a typical day look for you to so you can still stay regimented on your your diet?
1: So like my, my, t- my typical day, let's say Monday through sa- uh, my typical day, Monday through Saturday. OK, I wake up at four in the morning. The gym opens up at five. So I usually do abs and do an hour of cardio, whether it be elliptical or stairmaster. So I do that. Then I get done with that. So I still fast. I don't do anything but just drink a bunch of water until I get to, let's say, the school I got to work at. Then I'll drink a protein shake like around eight o'clock. Okay. So I'll do my classes with my kids. I teach them. As soon as I get out of there, I, um, I may drink another protein shake. Then I go work out. And do my weights, and you know, let's say on a typical Monday, I can either switch it up, either between back or chest. You know, I'll, I'll do that, and then mm-hmm. drink another shake, and I may d- eat like uh, like two horrible eggs. Uh, I'll eat a, a um, P yep. three, stuff Duh. like that. I try to stay as low carb as possible. Okay, you know, as much as I can. Um, eat like grilled chicken with. Um, I you know, I put cheese on it. I do put mayonnaise on it, mm-hmm. um, 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 spinach, and, and uh, I put turmeric in it. Okay. So I eat that, and I try to have all my meals done by 7 o'clock. So, because I don't like eating past 7 o'clock. Yeah. That's just the thing I try to follow. There are sometimes I do get slack. I'm like, man, I just got to have a little bit of ice cream or something. But I tend to stay... Very, very strict with it.
0: But then those parents, same yeah. thing, and it applies to days of a show. Days, too. Now,
1: yeah, days of a show a li- might be a little bit different. Days of a show, I still wake up, work out twice, do my cardio, and then weights. Drink a ton of water all day long. I try to drink about 100 a, a ounces of water a day. Okay. Not all at once, oh, yeah, like yeah. during the day. Now, when we do play at these bars that do sell food, I don't eat. So I pretty much just don't eat at all because it um, it comes back up. And, you know, I don't want to be throwing up or feeling like I got to throw up. So I don't eat at all. I just drink a bunch of water.
0: And then Sunday's cheat day.
1: Sunday is cheat day. Sunday is the day I go. I wake up and I will put as much bad in my body as I can possibly can. Even if I get sick, I don't care. It does. I just don't care. My wife even goes, I cannot believe you eat as much as you do. And I was like, I can't help it.
0: Well, you know, that kind of makes sense now that you say that, because if your cutoff is seven o'clock, you know, and you're performing, Basically, almost getting another cardio session in, you could say, you probably wake up like starving. Yeah, your body's needing that fuel, so that makes sense. I'm
1: literally starving. Like, it's on a typical Sunday, okay? If we do play, and we don't go to church because of, you know, I usually get home at 4, 4.30 in the morning, Mm -hmm. so I'm beat. My wife, amazing as she is, she'll make me French toast, which is my favorite. And with this French toast, I'll put... Peanut butter and maple syrup on it with a big glass of chocolate milk. That's my first meal. Eh, two hours later, I'll go have a hamburger. A um, couple hours later, I'll like actually eat dessert, you know, whether it, it could be ice cream, it yeah. could be cheesecake, just whatever, chip and dip, you know, whatever, you know. And then if we don't go out to eat, you know, which she loves to cook, and when she cooks, I can, you know, she loves rice and bread. Hey, have rice and bread. I can eat whatever you want. Yeah. So sometimes, she, Oh, my God. And, you know, and she's Latino, so she likes to make this Latin rice, and it's just amazing with Texas toast and chicken, and I'll tear it up. I mean, it's just, you know, without even thinking twice. And then I may finish the night off with, with some more ice cream or yeah. cheesecake, but I'm, by then I'm sick, and I don't, yeah. you know, I'm just like, oh, I feel bad, but I don't care. Well, that,
0: that actually makes sense, though, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I tell a lot of people that who— you know, I know low carb is, you know, especially keto and things like that, it's big. But the way you, you're you doing it actually makes sense, especially still be able to maintain a certain amount of muscle mass mm-hmm. and growth and development. Because basically what you're doing is keeping carbs super low throughout the course of the week, very minimal, not no carb, but low carb. Mm-hmm. But then basically doing a big, gigantic refeed day and basically your body is feeding off of those carbs every yeah. single. So those carbs on that one refeed day, it may sound like a massive cheat day, but really what he's doing is using that to sustain the energy throughout the gym with his, his gains in the gym with lifting and all that good stuff throughout the course of the week. So that that actually is a good strategy to do that for people that's looking for fat loss and you know not not to get all personal trainer on yet mm-hmm. th- at yeah. this point. But I think I say that a lot because I, I have – a lot of people have that misconception that just because you do a low carb that you can't do any carbs or that type of no, deal. But you, you, you have to you either do very enough during the week, moderate during the week, or a refeed day like you do. And I, I think that's, that's an awesome strategy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. I've, yeah. I've, I've actually made it. I mean, I've even done this where I've taken away sh- all sugar out of my diet and almost all carbs. Now, granted, I looked amazing. I was like, wow, this looks great. But How'd you feel? Man, I did not feel <laughs> yeah. good. Like, I had a bad attitude. Yeah. I was, like, depressed. How long did you do that for? Oh, six months. Ooh. That's a long Ooh. time. And then I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm not going to follow this dot anymore. And then I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs>
0: yeah. Because so, I know a lot of people who, and you know a lot of people that compete mm-hmm. too, but that's kind of like that that cycle. And yes. that's why when you see a lot of those guys in the off season, they're like, they are bloated up and, guts like, and everything cuz they like just go like a bloated tick yeah yeah <laughs> so what what got you um i guess similar question like the the music what got you into so passionate about fitness and your health i know you say you know you come from a background where you had a transition but was it then or was it prior to then when you really started getting into the health? um it was actually like like i was working at a bar
1: all night long, and you know, and I worked around with people that were into fitness, but I wasn't as much because, like I said, I was a partier. I didn't really care as much. But then when I finally got out of the bar scene, working in that type of bar scene, I was like, yeah, I, I need to do something. I need to do something different, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I, I want to get in better shape. So I just put my mindset on it, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna try this. When I first started doing it, I didn't think I, I could handle it. Like it, it was. I don't think I could
0: do it. Did you immediately go into, like, weights or...
1: Cardio first. Cardio first. It was cardio first, yeah. And then I started doing more of the weight stuff. And then um, slowly but surely, I started to really enjoy it. Like, you know, my stress was coming out, you know, and and it's just... I started sleeping better. And and then I started seeing, you know... Of course, when you look in the mirror and you see a difference, that's motivation Mm -hmm. as it is. You know, When you look at the pictures before, you're like, oh, wow. And then you look now, you're like, that's what I'm talking about so and then I, I noticed that it was giving me more energy you know I was, like I said sleeping better and I was like okay I need to eat better I need to get away from all this all this stuff like I was addicted to Mountain Dew at one time yeah and I had to let that go that was hard but I let it go because I saw what it does to you it's not good no. all that kind of stuff is really bad for you it's the worst yeah all that sugar I tell and- that to people you know sodas is the worst diet sodas is even worse because they even put more chemicals in it it's just all these chemicals you don't need it yeah so true. now my wife I tell you what my wife now has got me drinking water all the time I never used to drink water as much as I do now now everything is just mostly it's just water yeah I haven't had a soda in years that's
0: good no, that's I mean, real good I know that's, that's I, like, all I drink I literally crave water now
1: <laughs> yeah now I had a sip of soda not too long ago and I spit it back out because it just did not taste good mm-hmm. and I was like wow I never knew how bad this really was
0: But that in this, uh, at that point is now at this point now is like a foreign substance trying Mm -hmm. to enter your body. So it's, you're having that reverse effect where it's it's making you sick almost down to the point to even have a sip of it as opposed to like saying like, Oh, I really crave this thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's crazy how the body works when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. Like, as long as you just have that discipline to get yourself out of a funk,
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: then eventually that just becomes your lifestyle.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I will tell you this. There are days where I do get a sugar craving. Oh, yeah. I'll have me a small cup of ice cream or something just to get it out of my system. Or I'm a, I'm a peanut butter lover. Yeah. I, can, I can eat peanut butter straight out of the jar. Yeah. I'll do that just to cure my craving because, I mean, you're going to have those cravings. Oh, yeah. You can't be good 100%. It's It's hard. Plus, my wife makes it really difficult. That woman can come home from work and eat chocolate cake and ice cream and think nothing of it and wake up looking more shredded than anybody I've ever seen in my life.
0: Yeah. And just to <laughs> FYI, though, his, his, his lovely wife that he's referred to is also my sister in law. <laughs> So I get it because I deal with the same thing with her the, sister, the his sister in law. The brownies. Yeah, it's, it's, the struggle is
2: real.
1: Like. Oh, it is definitely real. These ladies love sweets. I mean, my wife will make cookies, and then my sister in law the other day, hey, Lovey, can you make brownies? I'm like,
0: oh, yeah. gosh, really? Yeah, imagine me coming oh. home from training people, and then I walk home and there's a pan of brownies. Yes, and I'm I remember I had to cut them up for <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: it was. And I'm coming home going, really, babe? I mean, really? Yeah. And she goes, what? What? And I'm like, oh, you're killing me. You're, you're just, you're killing me, dude. So I literally have to stay focused going, no, don't look at them. Don't even... Whatever, but then sometimes I have to take that famous bite, which she calls, I'll take a bite out of the cookies or something. Yeah, it's and, just, and that's, it's and that's right there. And
0: even still, from a, a mental standpoint, it's like transitions that you go through with this journey for it to become a lifestyle. And mm-hmm. when it becomes a lifestyle, you can do that. Like, yeah. you can have a brownie and know that it's not going to affect you right. because that's not in your DNA anymore, like it used to be. Mm-hmm. And that's why I try to tell a lot of people like, instead of worrying about, like, worry about first becoming the, like let the journey become more than just like a, a destination with an end point, you know, make it become your lifestyle. And then once it gets to that point, then, you know, having a treat here and there, you know, once or twice a week won't affect you because you know, you're burning it off mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, you probably can, your body can probably even use that as fuel because yep. you are working and putting in the work. So,
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I, but you got to get it to that point. I think a lot of times people say they're going to, they, they worry too much about the, the massive cheat days when they hadn't even put in the work to even earn it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that's what a lot of people go wrong when going through the health journey, so...
1: I'm going to tell you, you think my cheat day is bad, you go look at the rocks. Oh, His man. cheat day, yeah. my sure. cheat day doesn't even, it's not even a third of what that man does. And... When I read it, I was like, dude, it makes me want to throw up just even reading what he eats. I'm See, like, I, I thought I, mine
0: was a lot. The funny thing <laughs> is the, the cheat the, the cheat days are bad, but the regular food during the week is just oh, as much. Yes, I, I mean, this dude is eating like four and five steaks in Shh. three cups of rice per meal. It's like, That's how crazy.
1: do you do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I couldn't do that. That's, and I like to eat. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But him? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I just... I just can't imagine, but I mean but look at the guy. The guy looks amazing. Yeah. He looks better now than when he did when he first started. Yeah,
0: and he, he and he puts in the work too. I mean, yeah. kinda like you with your discipline. I mean, this guy has a freaking gym that's built on every set. Like yeah. his own personal gym that's built every time he goes to, to yeah. film a movie or yeah. a show Because that, that's that's, that's, that's what he's selling.
1: That's yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So man, all right, so before we close things out, I have a segment that I like to call What's in Your Headphones. And basically what that means is when you're at the gym, training, whatever it is, whether it's cardio, weights, what's in your headphones to get you motivated to, to grind it out? What styles do you listen to? Any specific <laughs> artists or bands, whatever. All
1: right. when, when I want to get a hard workout. I, uh, my favorite band is Iron Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> so I either, I go on, uh, iHeartRadio and I put their play thing that you can put in and that's all I hear is either the Iron Maiden station or, um, they got this new thing now called Hard Rock Workout. Okay. Or this the Slippery When Wet, which is all heavy metal, you know, it's all eighties yeah. hair band. That stuff I like. I listen to that. Nice. Yeah, and that, that you know that gets me going. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> cool. I love man. that kind of stuff.
2: I just love it. Yeah, no, that's that's good. And man. I'm,
1: I'm sure people think I'm weird because I'm seen here really, you know, passionate, yeah. <laughs> moving around. You in the zone, right? man. That's how
0: you. That's how you get that weight up off of you, man. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the zone. So um, tell us. I know, I know you say you got a show coming up on the seventh. Any mm. other uh, gigs, projects that you're working on that people need to be on the lookout for?
1: Um like I said, the, the this next Blue Monday thing is going to be Blue Monday Reinvented, which it's all going to full out come out. We're going to try to have it full out blown um, by New Year's Eve. But they're also going to do a, like a Blue Monday acoustic where it's going to be more personal, kind of like unplugged, like okay. the way when MTV did. And we're going to be like doing questions, getting to know our fans more, you know, have more of a personal relationship, you know, and we're going to build that up. So we're, but first we're going to do the 90s thing. We're going to get that. Down first Yeah And then we're gonna do The acoustic thing So hopefully that'll um, That'll start doing Good right after the year
0: Oh very cool And tell people uh, What's your Instagram Blue Monday's Instagram What can people find More Um, information about you If you
1: want You can go to Facebook And go under Blue Monday Um, It's got a picture Of the the lead singer I mean you you can't miss it Um, You can go also Under um, Instagram As Blue uh, Monday Rocks Okay Or Blue Monday Rocks On Instagram um, and I think that's how they got it now. But yeah, but you can always—I mean, we. Got, oh, yeah, you can go also under BlueMonday.net. That has all of our dates and where we're playing at. It's got videos. You can actually contact us directly on on BlueMonday.net. Okay. You know, and like as always,
0: that. I will put all the links and everything in the description of the notes for the episode. So, uh, Henry, appreciate you for uh, doing this for me, thank man. Thank you for having and, me. And, uh, I'm sure everybody's going to love to hear this episode. And so, thank you for tuning in.